Think about all the uh, quarantine purchases you have made, the late-night pizza deliveries, the many succulent trios, the uh, online trainer you ghosted after two weeks. Then there's the biggest purchase of all, insurance. Americans overspend on car and home insurance by billions every year. That money is money you could have, you know, had on on more, you know, uh, physical exercise with that ghost trainer. Zebra can help you save all of that money. The Zebra. It is the nation's leading insurance comparison site for car and home insurance. In minutes, you can compare policies from every major provider for free all in one independent marketplace. So you just answer a few questions. The Zebra pairs people with the right insurance company for them, helping everyone save time and money. You can buy online or over the phone with one of their licensed insurance agents. No hidden fees, no fine print about your personal information. The Zebra, they have no stake in the policy that you choose. They are just trying to help you find the best price. Make insurance your smartest purchase yet. Visit thezebra.com slash Beck. That's thezebra.com slash Beck. Friends, two experts, Stephen Moore on the economy and inflation and universal basic income that I think is coming to a household and mailbox near you. Probably not your mailbox, but someone near you. Also, Alan Dershowitz, his article yesterday that was trending globally on why the left hates Israel. All this hour, we begin in a minute. Jason wrote in and he said, um, you know, I heard about American financing on your program, Glenn. I figured I'd give it a shot. We were looking to refinance our home and consolidate some revolving debt. Well, from the initial conversation, it was the best mortgage process I've ever had. And I've had a few. Jamie, who was from American financing, guided me throughout the process and made sure I had all of the right documents and information. He kept me up to date on where we were in the process and when I needed to get a test done, they suggested some local businesses that could do the test. In the end, it was a great experience. And as a result, our financial situation is better. Thank you, American Financing. That is the kind of experience that you will most likely have. If you can um, call American Financing and spend 10 minutes with them on the phone, you just tell them your mortgage, your interest rate that you're paying, Tell them about your credit cards, what you want to do, and if there's a way, they will find a way, and they will find the best path forward. It's American Financing, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org.
So the uh, Bank of America came out a couple of weeks ago uh, with their report, and they said um, uh, at the very least, America is headed for transitory hyperinflation. Now, I ain't a banker, but I am a thinker. And I've always heard that word hyperinflation was a bad thing. We have Stephen Moore on uh, to talk about this and so many other things in the economy. Hello, uh, Stephen. How are you, sir? Hey, Glenn. Good. And by the way, you don't have to listen to Bank of America. I mean, I said on your show a couple months ago that, yeah. you know, if we kept up this uh, this insane spending, insane borrowing, insane, uh, you know, helicopter money, dumping $100 bills out of helicopters, which is essentially what uh, Biden announced yesterday, that, you know, it, inflation is very simple, Glenn. I mean, this stuff is not complicated. Inflation is too many dollars chasing too few goods. And we've right. got so much money being printed right now, so much money being spent and borrowed I mean, in the trillions of dollars. How is anybody even surprised that we have inflation? So tell me, do you believe that this is temporary because we just don't have the products on the shelves uh, because people aren't, you know, getting their or taking their job back? Do you, do you buy into that? Uh, some of it is temporary, but some of it is long term. I mean, look, we, we do have a big there, there's so many problems that are compounding each other right now. You just mentioned one. I mean, again, my last time you and I talked, I said this was going to happen. If you're paying people, you've got couples now, including food stamps, unemployment benefits, free rental assistance, uh, you know, free health care that are getting government benefits of over $100,000 a year for not working. I mean, that's nuts. You and I believe in a safety net, but come on, you know, we're paying more people to stay unemployed than to work. It's just craziness. So you're asking me a question of whether Washington's going to get its act together. <laughs> and I don't know the answer to that. I mean, right now, as we speak, Biden's still proposing $4 trillion more spending. I mean, it's just, I mean I'm angry. You can tell me anger my, because, you know, all we need to do is get the government out of the way. <laughs> get out of the way. We got a vaccine. Right. We got businesses reopened. Just stop. But they can't. So, so tell me uh, about the uh, monthly child tax credit. This is a this a new way to give people money. Government checks every month, three thousand dollars per child, uh, right. and they they are dumping this money beginning in uh, uh, July, July fifteenth. What does this mean? So let's do the math here. Three thousand dollars per child. Let's say you have three kids. That's nine thousand dollars of free money. Plus, you get uh, if you got a couple both on unemployment insurance. They're getting somewhere in the neighborhood of $1,500 a month in benefits. So that right there is, you know, about $60,000 a year. Then they get $10,000 of food stamps. Then they get $10,000 of free health care and, and, you know, rental assistance. You're talking about people don't believe it when I say you can get $100,000 of benefits, but you can't. Look, I'm for children. You're for children. (laughs) But the best way to help children is to have a mother and a father in the home and have a job. You know, it's complicated. Mm-hmm. Rather than give people money, get people working. You know, we've had, Glenn, now it's been 14 or 15 months that people haven't been working. We have 8.1 million job openings today. There are 750,000 job openings today in manufacturing and construction. Those are good jobs. You know, a lot of them are union jobs, 
People are not going back to work, folks. It's very simple because government is not pay- is paying them to do it. And Joe Biden was asked about this question. He's like, blah, 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 blah. I mean, he doesn't make any sense because he's never run a business. And by the way, this is killing our small businesses, Glenn. Our restaurants, our stores, our construction companies. I mean, ask somebody who runs a construction crew. Can you get workers? No. No, <laughs> you know, you can, they, they are not available right now. And that's why we I have, have these supply shots. I have had, you know, I'm doing construction on my house. Yep. And yep. almost can. every day, almost every day, somebody said, I'm sorry, I don't have, you know, the workers here. Yep. I just couldn't yep. get them. The plumber was saying, I've been wanting to mentor uh, somebody right. forever. And he said, I can't get anyone who is willing right. to do the work. And plumbers I mean, make a lot that's of money. a good job. <laughs> that's a, yeah, yeah that's plumbers a make job. a good living. Yeah, try, try to get an electrician. <laughs> you know, yeah, so I, I mean, know. I have the same thing. We have construction in our house. There's a little noise in the background. That's the construction. And I got to tell you, you know, the people, we've got about seven or eight people coming in our house. They're doing a great job. I think, uh, you know, seven out of eight of them are immigrants. They're from Russia or they're from Ukraine yep. or they're from Mexico. Or they, I mean, the immigrants, yep. so that, how would we even keep this economy going without immigrant workers? So, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm very frustrated because we should we should just get back to normal. I think if we would just stop all the spending and borrowing, uh, and I, I believe we could have an economy that would just be flying high right now, really high. I mean, with these businesses reopening and, and the jobs are open, we've got a, a solid economy, a solid foundation anybody yeah. wants the vaccine can have it and yet we're screwing it up and by the way don't forget uh what what was the first act of of uh, joe biden when he became president do you remember the border i think wasn't it, it was, well that was the second one the first was the pipeline the keystone pipeline he didn't oh, want to yeah, that's, the right, pipeline. that's right yeah now that's right. i mean how insane is that Glenn? i mean really we have the colonial pop- pipeline that's been shut down by by cyber uh, you know, uh, cr- criminals. And, and now we've got, I live in Washington, D.C. I can't get a drop of gasoline within 10 miles of where I live. Stephen, when the, the government, I, I think they're headed towards UBI. I mean, they're just making payments now to people and yeah, people right. aren't going back to work. And this is what, right. you know, Nancy Pelosi said was coming, uh, you know, for poets, poets and dreamers everywhere. Uh, you right. know, you should be able to make enough money. The government should be able just to pay you that you could do what you, f- you know, follow your dreams. Um, that's where we're headed, isn't it? Well, I'm for people following their dreams, but I'm also uh, realistic. People need to be realistic. You know, I wanted to be a pro quarterback. Did you know that, Glenn? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> don't think that would happen. <laughs> so, hey, thanks a lot, Glenn. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the but 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 wait, they are they are currently paying you pay people right. on a monthly right. basis, and you're sending them a check. That check better not stop yeah. because people start right. to count on that check. And yeah. uh, I mean, that's you're you're just training people to get UBI. Well, what's really bad, what really worries me is well, that's why I mentioned 15 months of people getting unemployment. That means that for 15 months, people have not been in the workforce that that causes an atrophy of your work skills. It's the worst thing you can do is tell people. And by the way, there is dignity. There's purpose in your life. If you get up and work, 
There's, you know, there's no dignity in watching Netflix all day or sitting on the couch. The worst thing you can do for people is tell them, you know, to, to sit around and do nothing. You know, you need purpose in your life. Everyone does. And, you know, we all know that. And, and the government is now. But a lot of families, and I'm not blaming them, I'm blaming the government, are just making a financial decision. Hey, I can make $48,000 if I go back on the job, but Uncle Sam's going to give me $55,000 if I don't. Do you read um, Shadow Stats by any chance? Are you familiar with Shadow it at stats? least? Yeah, I, Shadow I know stats. of it, but I, I'm not. What 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 are you referring to? I'm I'm referring to the way we calculate inflation has been uh-huh. changed a couple of times since the 1980s, yep. and if yep. you use the old standard, we're up to about 11 percent inflation. With the new yep. standard, we're at 4.2. Uh, is there a case to be made to at least glance at the old way that we used to be figuring inflation? Because inflation well, got to be, look, what, 14%? I, look, my feeling is people, you don't have to tell people what the inflation rate is. They know it. <laughs> you know, they know it. They go to the grocery store. They go, they, they go to the gas pump. I mean, people feel it. So, you know, these bogus government statistics, uh, you know, give us kind of a direction of things, but you can't BS people. They they know what's happening. I mean, my gosh, you know, when when uh, Biden, the day Biden was elected, the gas price was two dollars and ten cents a gallon. Today, the gas price is three dollars and five cents a gallon. You know, th- by the way, he keeps saying I'm only going to raise tax on people who make over four hundred thousand. When you've got a ninety five cent per gallon increase in the gas price, that's a tax. That's a tax mm-hmm. on people, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Um, what does uh, how, how 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 bad do you think this gets, Stephen? And what what should what should people what should people prepare for? I think the stock. I'm not a great you know financial analyst, but I would say this: I'd be very careful about the stock market right now. Real careful. I'm not saying pull out, but I wouldn't put a whole lot of money into the market right now. You know, the first rule of investing is buy low and sell high. And uh, I think you've got a very overpriced stock market right now. And by the way, I'm not saying next week it's going to crash, but I do think, Glenn, I don't know what you're thinking is. I I think there's going to be a correction. There just has to be. And and especially pay attention to this massive tax increase bill. Pay attention to the two and a half trillion dollar infrastructure bill. But by the way, I love this. He wants to spend two and a half trillion dollars in infrastructure. And the first thing he does when he becomes president is kill an infrastructure project, the Keystone Pipeline, that costs taxpayers nothing. Right. I mean, <laughs> so yeah, you got to watch Washington. You got to watch what these people are doing. If, 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 if uh, you know, the uh, senator from West Virginia, um, it goes, you know, south Manchin. on us and, and sides with Pelosi and and the rest. And they continue to spend like this, uh, you know, stock up on food, stock up on gasoline. I mean, well, I was, you cannot a great nation cannot borrow six and a half trillion dollars in one year. I mean, it's insane. Well, you can't to to stop inflation. You would normally raise interest rates. There's no way that the Fed can raise the interest rates because the the government couldn't afford to pay the rates themselves. Well, that's that's the problem, right? Is we, we've been borrowing, we've been living on borrowed time, we've been borrowing at these bargain low interest rates, and that's been a blessing for the country. But now, if the rates go up, you know, every one percentage point increase in interest rates costs costs us all a trillion dollars more in in debt. 
I mean, so we're in a vicious cycle right now. So maybe the first thing Washington should do, uh, you know, I, I mean, I don't have an 180 IQ, but the first thing government should do is stop spending money we don't have. I mean, how mm-hmm. crazy that Biden is running around the country now is let's spend another two and a half trillion dollars and borrow it. And by the way, what happens when China starts to stop buying our bonds? Well, I think they effectively have. Uh, yeah. The Fed is the Fed's the only buyer of of our bonds at this point. Um, are yeah, you, you worried? That is, Glenn. Yeah, Glenn, that's what you just described, where we, you know, the, the Congress spends the money, the Treasury issues bonds, and then the money printing agency of the government buys the bonds. That's what third world countries do. I know. <laughs> I know it is. I, mean, I know it is. That's why you don't have faith, full faith and credit in the U.S. dollar. Uh, when people really catch on to what's going on, it'll be over, I think, fast. Are you concerned about forbearance and that people don't really know what that meant uh, and when it catches up to people and uh, they realize, oh, I've got to pay all of that money back and my credit is destroyed and I may get kicked out of my apartment? Uh, that, that, that's going to be a problem, isn't it? Well, people, we've developed this attitude among Americans because of uh, government policies of everyone thinking that the government's going to bail them out. So, you know, if you can't pay your rent, the government's going to pay for it. If you can't pay for your food, the government's going to pay for it. You can take on large debts because the government's going to forgive your debts. You can take out, you know, $100,000 in student loans. The government's going to, you know, going to pay it for you. I mean, this is just a very insidious dependency culture. The last line of the piece that I had in the Wall Street Journal three or four weeks ago when I talked about we're building a dependency culture, you know, is that maybe this is the whole design. (laughs) Maybe that's what Washington wants. Oh, I think it is. I think it is. Um, And I don't have a, I don't have a hundred and, well, I don't have a IQ of a hundred, I bet. Uh, And I can figure that out. Uh, Steven. You you think it's deliberate. You think these guys are trying to make. Oh, absolutely. uh, Trying to make people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Um, Steven, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Uh, And keep up the, uh, keep up the good work. Steven Moore. All right. Our sponsor this half hour is Rectech. All right, so you've done your time with all the other grills. You know, the little R2-D2 look-alike that rusted out the first time. It got a little rainy. That was cute and everything. The propane grill that, you know, still carried the imprint uh, on the surface of the first piece of meat you ever burned on it. Yeah, that was a, that was a good one, too. Time to get a Rectech. Rectech. You've heard me talking about it, uh, and I want you to go look and test drive one. I want you to go look at these things online and go uh, to, you know, wherever you're buying your grill, you, you know, go to Home Depot or whatever, and look at the best grills out there. Then A, B, compare them. There is no comparison. It's smart grill technology combined with a sleek, sturdy, stolid, uh, a solid stainless steel body. You can grill, smoke, even bake all at the next level. It is such a great uh, device for cooking. It is a Rectech, R-E-C-T-E-Q.com, Rectech.com. Check them out. Uh, check out their social media. You'll get great recipes uh, from all of the people. It's like a really great community. Rectech.com, R-E-C-T-E-Q.com. Ten seconds, station ID.
Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Stu, I think, I think by advertising, the Army advertising for woke soldiers mm-hmm. and uh, this move where the U.S. Army is taking on climate change as a serious threat to national security, I think we are going to be a powerful, powerful army. You know? We sure are. I mean, it's reminiscent of when we uh, used the used NASA to encourage Muslims to realize they're really good at math. That was a really good <laughs> right? program we had going on for that a while there. That was a great one. And that was a great one. This is I'm just... glad I'm I'm glad we're back to those days, mm-hmm. you know. This is obviously US... worse by the way because you know, if NASA oh. sucks, it's you know, we can live with that, honestly. Uh if well, our military sucks, uh, that's really really bad. Yeah. I mean, if you're an astronaut, you know, you can't live with NASA sucking. <laughs> well, that's true. Can. I'm saying as a nation, yeah, yeah uh, right, right. You right. know, if we ha- if we don't get any of our space projects to work all that well, it's a hit and it's a negative. But we have a lot of people, um, even the private sector now, doing a lot of the work that NASA used to do. You know, having the military <laughs> jump into this would not be would not be all positive. they are doing. All they are doing is quote addressing climate change threats. Um, they say that climate change is a serious threat to U.S. national security interests and defense objectives. Uh, and so what they're doing in the latest report is to prepare for the challenges ahead. The Army will continue to identify and implement steps to enhance readiness and capability in the face of climate related threats and will continue to be a strong steward of the resources offered in the shared operational environment. The Army has a lot to be proud of, yet there's a lot of work to continue to operate efficiently across extreme weather and climate conditions. Buy some snow tires, Jack. Uh, they, they intend to conduct an in-depth assessment of likely climate change effects on the Army's worldwide missions. Um, they're going to lead the way in technology for development for tactical vehicles that balances increased capability with decreased climate impacts. Uh, they're going to be strategizing and planning to mitigate climate threats with an emphasis placed on soldier resilience, energy reform, and capability enhancements and procurement. Mm. So a little bit of everything, but we want to talk to Mother Earth first. And, uh, you know, I can't wait until we have the fully electric tank. I think it's going to be good. Oh, uh, I think so, too. Right, this is definitely yeah. what I want our military worried about is the weather. Right. Mainly right. weather focused military is the way to go. Amen. Thank you for Thank you for saying that, Stu. I was afraid you were going to fight me on it, but uh, we have seen the light. And I say in the backpack of every soldier should be a big extension cord in case one of those tanks loses power. (laughs) We can string them all together and plug it in. Great. Mm -hmm. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right. So I have a love-hate relationship with food. Uh, On one hand, I love eating food. On the other hand, I hate communism, which deprives people of food. I don't know about you, but I struggle with the whole lose weight and be healthier thing, mostly because it requires me to lay off the food, which I just mentioned I love. The good news is 
There are built bars out there for times when you're the weakest. It's not just a great snack that can replace all the other snacks uh, that, you know, one might consume throughout the day. But in fact, it's healthy for you. It's because the people who make built bars understand that the flavor has to come first. It's key. Built bars are made with 100% real chocolate, yet they're low calorie and low carb. They're also high in fiber and high in protein. In other words, they're good for you and delicious at the same time. Amazing flavors. You got to check them out at builtbar.com. Builtbar.com. Use the promo code BEC15. Get 15% off your next order. Your mouth is going to thank me. Builtbar.com. Promo code BEC15. And head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. You'll save 10% off your subscription to Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck program. We're going to have to uh, reschedule Alan Dershowitz. Uh, something has uh, come up. We, we want to talk to you about what the world might look like if we don't do anything about climate change. Stu, I can't believe this article from CNBC is true. But they said what by 2050 what the world would look like if we do nothing okay mm-hmm. i'm sure it's i'm sure it's not at all scary for no reason the air is polluted making you cough you have to check the air quality before going and opening even a window mm. when you go outside your eyes water you have to wear a mask on bad days a high-tech mask if you can afford it depending on where you live the temperature is as hot as 140 degrees Fahrenheit for more than a month every year. And in public restrooms, you have to pay to use water. There's a mental toll living in a world that feels like a dangerous obstacle course. People feel bottomless despair and resent previous generations for their lack of action. Worst case scenario is what... Life could really look like if no process, no progress is made, slowing the greenhouse gases to mitigate climate change. Mm. They say air pollution and emissions that cause climate change go hand in hand. So unless action is taken on climate change, it'll mean poorer air quality. Whether it gets as bad as people having to wear masks by 2050 is debatable, but it could be possible. People are wearing masks now. <laughs> And the same people who won't take off the masks are the same people who are all for global warming. So they're all set. They're all set. Stu, can I ask, since when did we go from uh, point, what is it, point one uh, in climate change, in, in temperature rise over the next 100 years? How much was it? They said we could by 2100, we could be how much? Uh, it's a couple oh. degrees. Uh, I can't Two remember degrees. the exact number off the top of my head, but yeah, we've warmed about one degree in the past uh, century or so. Okay. okay. And they so, say it could be another degree or two. Mm. So by 2050, it could be one degree if it's on the course of being two. How does that get the temperature to as hot as 140 degrees Fahrenheit for more than a month every year? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. You're asking questions that are not uh, answerable. 
uh, that is, uh, you know, they, they, oh, wait, wait, wait. Mm-hmm. I just figured it out. Mm-hmm. It says not just the temperature can be as hot as 140 degrees Fahrenheit for more than a month each year. It says depending where you live, right. temperatures can be as hot as 100. So in other words, if I live in Baghdad, <laughs> where it is currently 139 <laughs> for at least a month out of the year. It could be 140. Yeah, there's a lot of could be, mm. might be possible, who knows what could happen, but it, it, there's so much of that in there. And it, this is all based, of course, on the worst case scenarios that are incredibly unlikely to come true. A lot of it is based on RCP 8.5, which is the most catastrophic estimate ever produced. And almost every global warming story you ever read is based on it uh, because it gives you the (laughs) craziest numbers possible. Uh, And it is not shown to track uh, to be accurate since it came out. But that doesn't stop people from saying, well, it could. It could. What could be possible is always a great basis for an article. Um, but when these things don't happen, you know, no one goes back and says, well, we shouldn't have tried to scare people like that. This seems to be their only tactic to get people to buy into it. And you've seen what people will do in a crisis situation over the last year, right? If they really believe there's a crisis situation going on, which I would argue COVID was a crisis situation, not not that people handled it right, but people will fold a lot of their liberties to uh to you know they'll acquiesce to government requests so if you can get global warming going as a a non-stop century-long covid level crisis and worse you can get people to do anything and you can justify anything which is why they like it so much okay i'm gonna stop with your scaremongering because there is another version of 2050 and that version happens if we see a 50% reduction in our greenhouse gases by 2030, mm-hmm. another 50% by 2040, another 50% by 2050, well, then the world will be quite different. City mm, streets will, will I agree. City, city streets will have more trees and fewer cars, and Americans travel via high-speed electric railroads. <laughs> Instead of fossil... <laughs> Come on with what? this. No, no, no. High-speed electric, high electric railroads. That's how we're going to get around, Stu. High-speed electric railroads. Railroads, look, you might have liked trains when you were a kid, and they were fun to play with. They're a terrible idea for the future of the country. Like Why? We, Why? Well, number one, they go to only one designated place and to change where they go but then you're, is a big but problem. Then you're, so you're, you, but, if your population wow. decides to move to a different wow. location, you have a big problem with it. Uh, we also have these things, and they're amazing. They're like birds. They fly in the sky, and they do no, the work of a train, not except in a lot faster. No, not in 2050. Hmm. Not in 2050. But I... I need to cut this short because Alan Dershowitz is back on the phone with us. So I'm going to take a quick Mm -hmm. break and then come back with Alan Dershowitz. And we'll pick up our electric railroad rant in in just a minute. Uh, No, kids, kids believe that that's that's coming. Spring is in full swing and there's no better time to freshen up your home than right now at blinds.com because they're giving up to 35% off everything 
site-wide is a warm welcome to the new season. Blinds.com makes it incredibly convenient to order online with free shipping and guaranteed perfect fit for all of your windows. Whether you install them yourself or you have Blinds.com's people handle the installation from start to finish, you just can't go wrong. Next time you uh, open your windows to let that warm spring breeze in, you're going to love the new views you'll get with your new custom window treatments. So whether you're looking for high-performance solar and roller shades, the classic silhouette of a Roman shade, or you want to enhance your home with the warm textures of bamboo, Blinds.com has everything you need. Blinds.com. Visit them now. Shop there for their deals. Perfect for your spring home refresh with up to 35% off everything site-wide from blinds, shades, interior shutters, even outdoor shades. Rules and restrictions do apply. Contact them now. Find out what's available for your home at blinds.com. Mr. Alan Dershowitz joins us uh, now from the Dersh Show, uh, the podcast that you can listen to daily. Welcome, Alan. How are you, sir? Well, I'm doing great. Thank you so much. I'm very upset about what's going on in the Middle East and particularly upset about how some Democrats, particularly on the hard left, are creating a moral equivalence between Israel, a democracy that's acting in self-defense, and Hamas, a terrorist organization that commits double war crimes by hiding behind civilians and and firing rockets at Israeli civilian targets. It's just shocking that AOC and uh, the squad and some even moderate uh, leftist Democrats uh, blame everything on uh, on Israel. Uh, and uh, uh, it just shows a form of bigotry. I will tell you, Ellen, I, I had such hope uh, under Donald Trump. We, you know, we had the, um, the accords coming and, and things were really changing in the Middle East. It's good to see that Saudi Arabia and the others are not participating and, and they're remaining fairly silent uh, about this uh, in a good way, I guess. Um, but boy, yeah. it, our government has become hostile, absolutely well, hostile. I wouldn't say the government. I would say it's a mixed picture. I would say many legislators and some people in sub-cabinet positions. But so far, Blinken and uh, President Biden have said the right things. That is, Israel is the right of self-defense. Hamas is a terrorist group. Uh, you saw that some Congress people want to hold off giving Israel military aid, including Iron Dome aid. Uh, which would be outrageous. So I keep an open mind on the administration. I do not keep an open mind on the bigots like AOC and and Elon Omer and 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 Bernie Sanders, a Jewish self-hating bigot. You you wrote a piece yesterday. Why does the hard left glorify the Palestinians? Yeah. And I think you nailed it. You want to explain? And, you know it's. It's not that they glorify the Palestinians. They don't give a damn about the Palestinians. When 4,000 Palestinians, including many children and women, have been murdered by Assad and the Syrians, when tens of thousands of Palestinians were killed during Black September by King Hussein, you didn't hear a peep from the hard left. It's not the Palestinians that they're focused on. It's the Jews that they're focused on. The Palestinians are so lucky that their alleged oppressor is the Jews. Look at the Kurds. They've been treated much worse than the Palestinians, much worse, never been offered a state, much worse. But their oppressors aren't the Jews. Their oppressors are the Syrians, the Iranians, the Iraqis, uh, the Turks. 
So the world doesn't give a damn. The world only cares when, or about the Middle East at least, when Jews are alleged to be the oppressor. It's pure, simple anti-Semitism. It's anti-Semitism when it comes from the hard left who aren't Jewish, and it's anti-Semitism when it comes from Jews on the hard left. You can be a Jew and an anti-Semite if you apply a double standard to Israel than for every other country in the Middle East. That is the definition of anti-Semitism, applying a double standard to the nation state of the Jewish people that you wouldn't apply to any other country. And so it's not about the Palestinians. They are lucky. They were offered a state in 1938, 1948, 1967, 2000, 2001, 2005, 2008, and now. And they've never missed an opportunity to miss an opportunity. So why are we shedding crocodile tears? But their leaders never miss an opportunity to miss an opportunity. They could have had a state. They could have had independence. They turned it down because they don't want there to be a Jewish state more than they want to have their own state. Those are the words of their original leader, the Grand Mufti of Jerusalem. Um, how, do you, how do you process all of this? Uh, I'm having a very difficult time because, um, you know, people on the right are being called Nazis, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but uh, let me just give you a few tweets. Hitler did the same time now for the world to stand up against Israel's criminal actions. Uh, one of my favorite Hitler quotes of all time uh, is, uh, you know, the uh, the one that uh, he supposedly but never did say, I would have killed the Jews, all the Jews in the world, but I kept some to show the world why I killed them. Another one yeah. is, uh, bro, I could bring if I could bring somebody back to life, I'd bring Adolf Hitler to finish his unfinished and, and work that, with you. I mean, that all stays up on Twitter. But when President Trump yeah. tries to tweet in support of Israel, he gets taken down. And let me tell you what's so terrible about that. When you take down President Trump because you say he's not telling the truth, then you're suggesting that the people whose tweets stay up are telling the truth. So you're validating the pro-Hitler tweets. You're validating a tweet that says Israel isn't a real country. It's just a colonial experiment. If you keep up certain things and take down others, the things you keep on Twitter you validate as true, and that's the biggest lie of all. The biggest lie of all is the social media validating as true anything they don't take down, because if they thought it wasn't true, they would take it down. That's the worst part of it, and that's what's happening now in the discussions about the Middle East. <clears throat> have, you, have you come to any philosophical understanding of why this keeps happening to the Jews over and over and over again? <laughs> You know, it's the hardest question in the world. Um, I don't know. Jews have contributed so much to every country they've been part of. Jews have, you know, helped develop vaccines, helped develop uh, so much medicine, science and technology. Why the Jews? Uh, my friend Dennis Prager wrote a book some years ago called Why the Jews? Why are you picking on us? Uh, it's so hard to understand. And the hardest thing to understand is why Jews like <clears throat> Bernie Sanders pick on the Jews. Why Jews, what's happened today on college campuses, if you're Jewish and you want to be in, you have to be an anti-Zionist. Then you can pass the test. Then you can join the environmental club. Then you can join the feminist club. Then you can join the pro-gay club. Then you can join all the left-wing organizations. But if you want to be a person 
who joins those organizations, intersectionality demands that you renounce Israel and turn anti-Israel and pro-Palestinian. And nobody asks you to be pro-Kurd. Nobody asks you to be pro-Chechen. Uh, nobody asks you to be pro-Tibetan. Nobody asks you to be pro-Ugars, who are subject to much, much, much worse human rights violations. And I have to tell you, as somebody who has worked on human rights for 60 years, I will not be cowed into prioritizing the Palestinian claim over the much more legitimate claims of others who have never been offered statehood and who have not used terrorism and who have not had complicity with the Nazis the way the Palestinians did during the 1940s when the head of the Palestinians went to Germany and, and, and conferred with Hitler about how to kill Jews. And his picture, the picture of the Grand Mufti with Hitler, was in many Palestinian houses. So mm. don't tell me that the Palestinians don't bear any responsibility for the Holocaust. They do. Not all of them, not most of them, but many of them and their leadership. They bear responsibility for the Holocaust. They bear responsibility for terrorism. They bear responsibility for the spread of anti-Semitism around Europe. And uh, when you make a moral equivalence between Israel, a struggling democracy, trying hard to do good, no country in history in 73 years has done more for humankind than Israel in terms of technology, science, literature, how to fight against terrorism, and the world still condemns. And there's only one reason for that, and it's called anti-Semitism, and we have to recognize it. Alan Dershowitz, thank you so much. appreciate it. Uh, you can hear him on The Dersh Show. Uh, you can find that uh, online wherever you get your podcast, The Durst Show. Also, the author of the book, Case Against the New Censorship, Alan Dershowitz. Thanks for your time. Back in just a minute. Thanks.